and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's edition of Upstage Downstage, we'll be discussing Billy Elliot, which we saw on the 3rd of August 2022 at the Leicester Curve. So Stephen, what's it all about? It's the mid-80s. Thatcher is at her most powerful men mine and boys box. Until, in a small town in County Durham, a young boy falls in love with ballet. Set amidst the increasingly bitter 1984-85 miners' strike, Billy Elliot, the musical, is a tale of determination, acceptance and daring to be different. Based on Stephen Daldry's acclaimed 2000 film, with music by Elton John and book and lyrics by Lee Hall. But first, our post-show opinion! A stunning new adaptation of an existing musical. Masterpiece of theatre. So with all that said, let's... Set Set the scene! So Richard, we went along to see Billy Elliot, the musical at Leicestershire Curve. So, as we took to our seats, which we were quite high up, weren't we? Yeah, we were up at the back row of the... Best circle? Well, it's just really... I suppose it's not really the circle, it's more of a balcony and there's stalls, so there's not really more levels than that. Right at the top, at the back, basically. And what did we see? Could you just... Describe the set for our listening viewers. Well, when you walked in, you were instantly hit with atmospheric smoke all around the building. Almost, I think, to feel like coal dust in the air, industry. And all that you had on stage was a big British coal standard issue sign that just said Billy Elliot the musical. So you were almost led to believe that there's a lot more going off on stage than there's. They just kept it very hidden. Very similar to what we've seen at Leicester Curve before, where you don't really know what you're going to see because they tend to make sure that the stage is fully blacked it, out yeah, it's before not revealing, you get there. Is it? No, they don't reveal a lot until you watch the production. Yeah, it, it gives the impression of like a documentary, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Just it like, doesn't, yeah. You, this is what you, you're going to watch. It feels very 80s, very set in its time, very specific. I mean, one thing you could see just off to the left and right of the stage were scaffolding pieces up at the sides with more British coal signs, your warning signs, things that you'd normally see on a factory or a coal mine in sight or those those sort of things. Yeah, you coal not doll signs and yeah. stuff like that, which um... yeah, just the the things that you'd normally <clears throat> see around in that in that era. But then once that disappears and we cut to the actual stage, we were presented with a an unusual stage, and I say this because it was like we had four stages, but one of the stages was like a stage on top of a stage on top of a stage. So it was a three tiered thing, which actually you researched, didn't you, Richard? And it, what was it? Yeah, it's one of the pit heads from yeah. the old 80s mines. And basically they recreated the house for Billy Elliot that Billy lives in out of this three-storey pillared building that is basically a copy of a monument to the mining industry. So it's still there today. There's a lot of documentation out there. So it's just a nod to the history of coal mining, really. Yeah. And also behind that but to stage um, left were the well, a band, wasn't it? The, the orchestra yeah it was basically up in the air when, yeah on scaffolding and it, i think in it, yeah when you were talking about the your weekend in london with the cabaret i understand now after seeing that what you meant by the orchestra being like above yeah the stage yeah, yeah definitely it, it very much feels like the band are integral to the production
production and they're part of the piece and in a way it's quite a best set stage yeah. in a way there's a lot of scaffolding metal work mesh nets mesh net yeah, yeah mesh nets almost portable mesh nets that you'd see around a, a basketball site or a football area in a in an inner city football tarmac area that has got mesh around it and almost the fencing around a coal mine really to stop any intruders getting in and out exactly and i think because they, of they, safety yeah they doubled yeah. up for different rooms as well didn't they and they had like little yeah and it was quite i mean it was quite it was quite utilized the utilizer space yeah the utilizer space yeah. space but what what you also saw was a lot of hazard tape around they didn't hold back on hiding any of the the markings they had on the floor and things because that also felt like you were almost in the the building above a coal mine before you went down underground so everything had hazard tape stuck to the floor all the entrances and exits had that as well so you know in a normal production you'd hide that but for this it worked because that's what you'd see in those areas for safety and and i think they were very faithful to keep that in there really yeah and i would like to point out that when we were last at the uh curve we went to see the homecoming and we sat at the very back but it was on the um, stalls and we made a comment of the actual set being quite high yeah and i can understand why it was now from the top row right at the very back because there's an awful lot of space that you can still see yes definitely right at the top like uh, they had the flag coming down and the the orchestra now where we would have been for homecoming we probably might not have seen as no, much no, exactly. of the orchestra but they really do utilize that word again Using it. you use all the space not just around the sides around the back i think they confidently the confidently is the air as well as part of the production they didn't yeah they didn't shy away from the top of the stage and i think that's important to mention definitely even from you know using the top floor of the house you know they used it quite a lot and it drew focus from the main downstairs areas up to the top but then also you felt remembered is an audience member sitting right at the back row at the top of the balcony you almost still felt welcomed in to that performance because you didn't feel like you were you were disadvantaged in any way and I no it sort of important. zoned in yeah. you didn't really look at like the orchestra or people on the the bottom of the stage you just zoned into what like so many meters above the setting on this little definitely yeah really square bit what was like three meters by three meters or something like that something yeah like yeah it's not, it's not a big piece of no. staging but it was enough to but they were very it was on a movable track so basically they pushed it forward into the space yeah. right into the center of the stage right up to the, the front of the performers so you could see it and you felt part of it so i do feel like they used that really well to make you feel that you were in there really yeah and i must say hats off to the actors that actually got to perform right at the very top because yeah. this is higher than the actual bandstand that was yeah and i Actually, I felt like I was getting vertigo just yeah. watching them just dangling from but the, the very there was top no, bit. There was no clips. There was safety just simple, or simple safety rail wires that were there to stop, to just remind them that they're that high up. But there was nothing. They weren't hooked on or anything. So they were, you know, they, they were fearless when they were up there. That, well, they were definitely that. Because that's like standing on the roof of a house that was that high, really, in, yeah. in height for, on the stage. That was like being on your own house on the top of the roof. My legs would just go to jelly. Just I, I, don't, I wouldn't have been able to do it. No, no, I totally understand No. <laughs> you don't know, I might have done. Well, you could have done. I wouldn't have done. Your legs would be shaking. Exactly. Like jelly. Now, moving on, let's talk about the directing of this. And who was it directed by? Um, it was directed by Nikolai Foster and choreographed by Lucy Hind. Okay. Now, what did you make of their 
artistic work. I think they did really well in this because this is actually a revival. So Billy Elliot was in London and toured toured the country quite a lot way back when in the West End. So this is actually a because the musical was written. The book and lyrics were by Lee Hall and the music was by Elton John. So basically, this production has got a following. However, to revive it and do it in a new way because I have seen the original in London, so I, I had got a contrast to refer it to. And this production is very different in conviction to the one in London. Mm. So it was actually good to see the two versions to see how they contrasted so but i do think it was very well directed and put together because you if you're going to revive something you've got to be confident in the way you do it rather than drawing reference from the previous because you can get compared very easily and very quickly if you don't have confidence in your own performance Mm. and your own direction of it really and i thought it was really well done i thought it was just slick all the way through yeah every moment of uh, moving the like you say about the cage yeah moving that in and out of focus you've also got the use of the stage the amount of picketers and the the actors and um i say picketers i mean like the actors being the picketers and stuff on the outside of the lines and when you've got the actual uh, the yellow cages which doubled up for the ballet class and then the boxing ring yeah yeah they uh, all became community halls and yeah it became the picket line it became the entrance to the mine to the pit and it was yeah. like it just changed so much that oh and also what what i forgot to mention is not only did they use the space above they used the space below because yes. they brought the miners up from the bottom as well yeah and they only used that for when the miners entered and, and, and exited, and exited the mine yeah. really and that was really clever because that then drew focus to that yeah the depths below because people forget that you know mining is you're literally underground yeah. for so long i mean i've got tales from my granddad who was a miner who used to go underground for hours and hours on end and come up need to get washed get a suit on and get down to the pub and get dressed up in his fineries because he spent all day down a black hole and you don't always realize that until you see this sort of production that that's the dank dark world they live in Mm. you know it becomes a culture so i think they did really well in giving you that essence of performance when you saw them go down into the hole yeah what i get from this is just the whole stage the whole atmosphere was electrifying yes it was dramatic yeah it it, it touched upon everything and, and it was just gripping and i think this was the only play that i've ever seen where apart from the book of mormon which we've just covered it where i was actually leaning forward leaning into it i was hooked i was gripped i gripped just i wanted to just take everything in i think they got the rawness right yeah where you felt like it was real there was something about it that felt gritty and they didn't polish it up there was no shininess to this it was yeah. even every scene felt in the world of a northern town that was almost everything felt covered in soot yeah. and coal dust and and that's what those areas were like that's what those the the areas of coal mining were they were they weren't clean you know you could probably write your name on the windows in most places you know in, in people's houses and terrace rows you felt that but with so little on stage and it's hard to describe unless you're in the room but it felt like it there really was so is, much there it? with not a lot uh, yeah it was just so busy there was a lot of stuff going on and i think that's probably why i leant forward because i was taking everything in i was yeah. looking to the left looking to the right looking up looking down and whereas when we saw homecoming that was a different kind of a play but yeah. it was like you were taking everything in because it was dialogue heavy yeah definitely whereas this it was it's it, a it, specific dialogue that had to be delivered in a way and be directed in a way to drive the storyline really I yeah thought. yeah it well it was a different kind of play but yeah. i mean it was more like um there's a lot more going on whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. homecoming there was less going yes, on of course 
you know... It well, was, it was it, a static location yes, rather than... Yeah, you know. whereas, you know, this was just... I couldn't wait to see what happened next. And yeah, every exactly. scene was different. Every You didn't see the same set twice, I don't think. No, Even when you went no. into the boxing ring or yeah. the ballet thing, they always did it differently. They played the different it. They played shape with it. Or, or they did yeah. it on the corner or... Yeah, it was um, just gripping to watch. And, and the direction of it all was just... It was flawless. Yeah, definitely. It really was. Totally, yeah. Uh, as for the writing, it's just a classic piece of writing, let's yeah. face it. And because I've never actually seen the film as well, I know obviously Julie Waters was in it. However, I've well, never seen... To music, no, I w- I've never seen the original play either, so this was the very first one where I'm coming to it knowing of it, like I did Little Voice, yeah, of Club course. Brothers. But this is just I can't describe how just thrilling it was, you know, it was it was just, yeah, just totally encapsulated every everything. And, and I can't fault the writing, not like I tried to, but, no, no, you know, but, it, but you have to look for you have to look for whether it could be done differently. And I don't think this could, no, every plot point and everything was ticked off, and it was just, yeah, every beat was hit, every. Um, and every characterization was strong, as in the yeah. characters written in were strong. There was no... And you saw the struggles, you saw yeah. the, I think you saw the was, journey. Yeah, you saw the ending. <laughs> well, you can use my word this fair, time. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's important. You know, you saw it felt like it was locked in a time frame and a time zone of exactly what happened at that point in that place. And I think yeah. that was key. And it helped as well, because we've done a play based on coal mines and yeah. the, the, that. We actually went to the museum, didn't we? Yes, we was did, that in yeah. York or... It's no, it's um, it's up north. It's the National Coal Mining Museum, anyway. Yeah, we so went to the National Coal Mining yeah, Museum. Yeah, we actually went into the, the mine and looked yeah. all the way around it and uh, saw where everyone like had showers and worked and uh, and just the whole life. And, and we saw people picketing and videos of it and, and all the memorabilia and, and everything. So we understood the background of it. I mean, we, we were born in the 80s, so we, we were sort of in that period, but we grew up with the aftermath, I suppose. It's in Wakefield. If, yeah, we grew up in the, with the aftermath of what yes. happened afterwards, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But we've actually physically done the research to under, we yeah. understood the fears and you know what it was like to be called a scab and going beyond and why the father had to do what he had to do for the, the kid. And well, it was also I think it also highlight you, you learn about I think this production did also show how much people lost and how much pride meant to them and how much I, yeah you know that yes they wanted to support the children but they couldn't earn enough money to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah. So there was a lot of things happening that they wanted to still, on face value, be able to afford things and pay for things. And I think it, it really showed struggle. Yeah. And also the struggle with terms of um, the kind of support you give to a child when that child is turning out to be slightly different yes. than what you expect. Yes. Like, I mean... And doesn't fit the social norms of, well, exactly. of the area. He just wanted to dance and he didn't care if he was wearing a dress and he didn't particularly care if his, his uh, best friend was gay as well because that was a sign exactly. of time. However, the, the family, the parents didn't particularly um, view that as a good thing. No. They wanted him, the little kid, to be more like them, more manly and butch. And but I think do, in the writing, mm, it was really clever how it actually, it showed that, that youth are more far more accepting than people with entrenched beliefs and values. And each youth changes each yeah, generation. And, and, and it's really interesting that they they didn't hold back on looking at it from that perspective because there's other productions and there's other films and there's other research in those eras and those times that it wasn't all as clean cut as people think. The North wasn't always as, you know, racist and harsh as people no. believe. You know, there's a lot more See, things that's more in stereotype there. as well, and I, isn't I, it? Yeah, so I, think, mm. I think this helped to unravel the stereotype sometime, it, you know, yeah. 
because yes, it started with a with one edge, but it ended with a completely different yeah. way. But, and but I think that was in important. order to tell the story, you have to go back to the beginning, totally, and yeah. have the conflict. Of course, you do. You have yeah. to have what it's going to end up be. Be yeah. start with something completely different. Yeah, and I think that's confidence in writing, knowing that they come from that place and they've done the research, and I think that's that's important. The challenges those characters, the many challenge, uh, many characters, and many people and children would be going through. Yeah, and they well. showed that challenge, and they showed that struggle in the way that Billy Elliot goes through the actual process. The actual musical itself does mm. that, and I think that's really. And also, I point out um, topically that it's actually quite nice that it is being done in today's era. I suppose because yeah. it, it is more relevant, being slightly irrelevant with the whole mining thing, but the whole like the cross dressing and stuff in terms of the child, but not yes. just any old child. No. This was the cast was an Asian, an Indian Asian child, wasn't it? Yeah, in the, in the production we saw, there yeah. was uh, the character that plays Michael in at the production we saw was Prem Masani as Michael, which is yeah. Billy's best mate in the production, which is a really it's a good in- take on it because whether this is my own bigoted viewpoint i'm not quite sure on that um people in that culture shall we say they're not i don't believe that they're openly accepting of the gay community themselves with me coming from the gay community myself as well, well over history they you know that it's not as celebrated or no it's, it's not as accepted as, no. as maybe in other cultures and other yeah. societies. So. And I say maybe it's my bigoted, maybe because maybe I'm a bit bigoted in that because I don't know, but I'm getting the impression that I'm only assuming that that's what it is. Yeah, of course. You know, but I think it was a good decision to, to showcase that as well. Yeah, for me, I think, it, like you say, I think it's it was a shock in a good way. Yeah, it was. Because I thought it was really progressive for a family to to allow their child to be Michael and be that... Overtly camp. Uh, overtly and, camp and, uh, and, and, and almost... Questioning their own sexuality or yeah, but, gender, but, maybe. but almost freedom in being Michael because Michael's a character that it shows that even though Billy's the ballet dancer and yeah. wants to progress as a ballet dancer, he's not the one that turns out to be gay. Yeah. He is the dancer who wants to just perform but he's got friends and he's so accepting to anybody because they're just his friend yeah and i think that you can't hold back in that performance for it not to have power because well exactly it, it just wouldn't work if the michael character isn't overtly camp and being a free person it just wouldn't have that power that it needs and it's good to have that acceptance of being a if it was a straight ballet dancer shall we say but yeah. have a gay best friend exactly that even kissed you or whatever yeah. but then for you to still support that and not go off on a tangent not be like nasty or horrible or no. homophobic or whatever even if your parents or whatever or siblings are showing that kind of um hatred shall we say i mean no spoiler but i think there's one thing that they couldn't have really done in this production but the actual film touches on is when billy performs his final before his first performance as an adult on stage yeah michael and his boyfriend turn up to watch ah okay. so it fast forwards to that yes. that time and you see that that progression yeah so this even though you didn't get that it still leaves you with that that they're going to be lifelong friends you still get that yeah. that feeling that they're never going to be away from each other even though their paths are very different you know yeah. and i think that's important it's like a um, a series of acceptance yeah it is it's like the parents accepting that the straight guy's um a ballet dancer yeah. and acceptance of the straight guy's best friend is gay yeah as well so um, it's quite it's quite nice yeah. it's sort of like um and it's something to take away that actually there's it? so much more to the 
the rich culture of that to any village in any town that you mm. you might see from an outsider or i mean let's face it there's a lot of londoners that see anything past the m25 as north you know yeah pretty that, much and i yeah, think that very, um, they, they have insular. a complete different view of northerners and i think that's you know a durham town i mean in my experience i have been to the miners marches and i have performed in part of durham miners marches over the last quite a few years and i've stayed in in areas in durham where i've actually seen the culture is not what people expect it's not all blokey blokey mates 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 it's there's a lot more love and a lot more attention to people just being who they want to be and being supported and allowed to be that so i think it it, and it completely blows that line that Mm. people think is already there so now we've uh, gone a bit too deep on this one as well how about we then talk about do you know what we're here for i don't know Stephen. what are we here for we're here for the drama right then let's talk about the the acting because we've got a tremendous cast haven't we really? yeah and i mean to be fair a lot of the cast are almost i only know sally ann trippett yeah i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say yeah i mean i wouldn't say they're well known no but their almost majority are jobbing actors and yeah. people that are performing across the country. In I've seen a few of them in West End productions as part cast, part of the casts. But I wouldn't necessarily pick one out as as being somebody that's in major productions. I mean, the only one I could probably pick out is Luke Baker because he was in the production of Everyone Is Talking About Jamie as one of the lead cast members. Right, okay. He was Dean in Everybody's Talking About Jamie, and right. which is the main bully against Jamie in the production. So it's very interesting how he's playing a very similar role, not necessarily bullying his brother, but he's actually a very unaccepting person mm. in this production too. But throughout this cast, there's not a lot of people that you could probably pull out and say they've been in this this and this and I I think in a way this is the sort of production I love the most is the fact that I prefer a production with unknown performers in it yeah because you immerse yourself in it you become you watch the production for it being a production yes you're not waiting for the starring role you're not waiting to to stand up and applaud because somebody walks out because they're famous Mm. you know you just watch it as a whole which is very um, indicative of how we felt about Cluedo, if you think yes. about it. Yeah, The two definitely. people we, we actually knew, Michelle Collins and um, Daniel Casey, yeah. they actually were sort of, I think, overshadowed by And they weren't the strongest. Cast- no, no. no. And you, you expect with the name to, for somebody to have that calibre. I mean, yeah. this takes me back to watching a production of Guys and Dolls that Patrick Swayze was meant to be in. And because I went to the matinee... You say Patrick Swayze, but isn't he dead? He was, That's how long ago I went to see it. Oh, my God. So I went to see a production of Guys and Dolls in London, and Patrick Swayze is meant to be in the production, Claire Sweeney is meant to be in the production, and at the matinee, historically, the understudies take that place. And in the mm. year of the understudy, which I would think we're still declaring it that, I saw Guys and Dolls without either lead cast member. And I can say now that it was like this it was one of the best performances i've seen because you just lost yourself in the world of guys and dolls you didn't actually see the star and when i actually found out that patrick swayze was playing the lesser role 
in the production, mm. you realise that actually you didn't miss anything at all. So, you know, it was it was amazing just to see the production because I feel like there's more drive in those sort of productions when they are performing and nobody knows them, but they could be that next star. They we could be know. the next who, who in a few in the years' time. Wanting to cast the next um, Game of Thrones or, or just, Downton Abbey you, or whatever. You just end up, you could put the telly on and that person you've just seen on stage is there. I don't know why I said Game of Thrones or Downton Abbey. I'm not really No, but it's the, same. it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's you know. I mean, I you know the the guy who plays Sky Madison in in Guys and Dolls is now touring at the moment. I think he's still doing Singing in the Rain at the moment as the Frank Sinatra character. So he's gone from being in being an understudy to now getting wet. Yeah, basically every night. <laughs> I won't linger on that. Right. Um, as we're talking about acting, yeah, which we are, aren't we? Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Jaden Shentel Lee as Billy for just being fabulous all the way through this. You know, he just he just gave such a energetic and strong performance, and th- th- because it was such a huge cast, I couldn't really list everybody. No, but because he's the main character, I thought he was just uh, just superb. Well, he the show's was... based on him. Well, the show's based on him, but you forget how much he has to perform in this. There's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of songs centred around him. But this actor isn't the main actor that's mainly listed. No, exactly. And I think that was key to... You wouldn't know that. No, You totally not. didn't know that... This was maybe the the other Billy that doesn't normally perform, but it was like he just there was the roughness to him that sort of yeah. suited the era, the 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 grittiness of the coal mines, and uh, not like he went down there, but you know that that whole yeah totally era and, and the stage and stuff. So it's, I can't really compare to any other uh, other Billys because I've never seen other productions and I've never seen the other younger no adults, exactly uh, but younger adults uh, younger actors. I think as we've seen either, but... seen I mean we we we've just reviewed identical and i think one of the things we've realized now Mm. is some child actors really show there's a future in acting because certain performers they just i mean billy held his character but not just that he held his accent he still stayed in a a durham newcastle accent it was it was you felt like he was in that that world you didn't you didn't he never really dropped his character and there was no moments of uncertainty everything he had to do he did yeah and I think that was key as well. I think you know, it goes to show that if you encourage a child actor and allow them to explore certain avenues yeah. about themselves and train them. Yeah, exactly. You know, because a lot of people just end up growing up, you know, there becomes something in their life where they just get into like a negative uh, situation where they're just yeah, exactly. told that they're not good enough or they can't do this, can't do that. And then they start doubting themselves. Yeah, and of course. The whole like, they've had like so many years of their life wasted because they've just constantly lived a life of a doubt which somebody told them. But also, That's another tangent I've gone off on. I've dug another little hole I'm going to hide in. One thing I will say, I mean, I'm saying a lot of things, one thing, a lot of things. I will say that I think with these performances, there's, you know, you can overact yeah. sometimes. And I think that, yes, they're in a dance school. Yes. Yes, there's a there's an element of having to perform with a smile, like a and show, show off. off. Yeah, you meant to do this, you meant to do that. But even also including the whole child cast in this, even though when you're doing it, there's meant to be tits and teeth and everything, and everybody's meant to be presenting themselves and they're meant to be smiling all the time. I found that even the other child performers had almost had a bit of it stripped away so they weren't perfect because there's a there's an element of sometimes where dance schools drama schools always go for perfection when they perform but this was almost a failed dance school that was performing okay and 
people were enjoying it in the area that they lived but it wasn't perfect so they did have a few moments where when they had the dance classes when they were rehearsing they were rehearsing they weren't it didn't feel like it was the same performance every time and it just Mm. felt like but also they all worked as a team so you felt it didn't feel disjointed like oh there's a different billy on stage so we're going to do something different how we're going to act it felt like they were all in the moment and i think that was that was key from a directing point of view because you've got different child teams doing this performance and i think to make everybody gel and become that production they must have spent a lot of time working with those child actors to do this yeah absolutely so richard props and costumes what do you reckon about that i mean i I, was very in keeping yeah i mean it it was very 80s it was very of the time i mean it's very mod as the day i mean it's very in keeping with the 80s theme i think there's you know the things that the props that were in the house or the 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 three different floors felt very in that era and there wasn't really anything i suppose there was there was key bits of props there was um, classic milk bottle yeah classic milk bottles classic favorites box you know they, they all felt real nothing felt out of place and i think you know, there was just a simple piano on stage that was used for more than one yeah. one scene for the, the ballet scenes and stuff like that. And the Christmas. And thing. the Christmas set was very straightforward. There was lights everywhere, but they were they felt they felt like they'd been put up by the, the local area and bunting and there was props for the Maggie Thatcher heads and stuff like yeah. that that was enough. It didn't feel over the top. So yeah, I mean it was you know, and the one thing I will say is the banner that was dropped down towards the end was authentic to the Durham Miners March so it was very very in keeping with the local area that would have its own banner made and made by the local people that that wanted to represent their mine Mm. it makes me wonder now with like this uh, whole agenda to go net zero carbon zero yeah carbon zero carbon zero it's a cafe is um had the pits not closed right would they be trying to close them now i mean it's very interesting we've got no fuel we need calls that we need we need that kind of stuff well i mean you know but feel like we're getting topical but they have said they have asked for the uh, pits to open again no they've asked for the uh, power stations that are coal-fired to slow down their closure procedures yeah so they they delay for the next few years so it's very interesting that actually coal's still needed now and it's very and it's weird because this whole thing was so it was 2050 but now they're rushing for 2030 quick we're the ones that are sort of suffering at the hands of India and China who are having uh, power stations building like um, so many every week you know it's yeah I think as well I mean it's also I mean all why the, do we um, have to be the first one to be reached all the, st- all the steam powered uh, uh, railway centres across the country that are all using preserved lines yeah. they're having to ship coal from Australia because it's the only way they can keep the, the steam engines running you know yeah. because they they can't do the same so you know it's very interesting yeah. and also with, with this sort of like Maggie bashing or whatever for closing the the pits and so on, you know. But how would that how would have that continued if they were constantly either going on strike or couldn't get enough money back then? You know, what's the after effect on that? Yeah, I think there's well loads of um, questions to ask and answer. I think there's there's yeah. so many things for and against that it's just it just was what it was. It just was, yeah. And and I think it's hard to to analyse and look back sometimes when you know. And also, if you think about it, if mining was in the family, that's all you knew. That's all your life. It's um, it's, it's sort of 
in a way, open your doors to other possibilities that it you never did. thought. Think, it was just more probably just being scared. I think it, but, but I do think it does reflect the areas that there there was a, mm. a deep amount of there was so much unemployment that there wasn't the opportunity to grab any other opportunity. Well, exactly, all in one area. In, in so in you know, such a such a big area mm. of you know the whole area relied on mining, mm. and maybe it was an oversight from the government not to have any other other industries in those areas because everything above the M twenty five in them days wasn't seen as as affluent it was seen as the north you know yeah. and i think that that may have had an effect as well so you know because it wasn't just the coal it was steel it was industry in general yeah. everything was being outsourced and sent to other countries that because it was seen as cheaper but it had a dramatic effect on it created so much depression in so so many areas at once and i think that was the the main issue really that, mm. that it took a long time and still taking a long time to recover from i think yeah anyway moving on do you want to mention any of the songs well, I suppose the songs are, you know, they help drive the production, and and there are there are certain scenes that I think they help with things like Angry Dance, the right scene where we see them use the songs actually power the the feeling of the the town as it were, or the miners themselves and solidarity. And I mean, one of the other one of the things I will pick out that we haven't really talked about is um is the is Grandma in the actual production. Yeah which I think shows quite a lot of unexpected performance, maybe, because she was played by... Well, she was suffering with dementia, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. Um, Rachel Eisen, um, who played Grandma, she was um, suffering with dementia, and she. Um, I just think the, there was a few things where I think they got the pitch right, where Billy interacted with her quite a lot, and I think... Those were the moments that just made it a little bit more touching, or there was some fun little, the you know, Grandma's song that basically it was the which created well, it created the raw moments on stage where you got a completely empty stage and just one person, and you wouldn't realise how much it commanded the stage, and you just it, it was just really well done. But I mean, most people will know Electricity just because it's it's one of the main songs that was actually released when this was a musical way back when so but i think overall the songs work really well it's a little thing like these these songs drive the production but they aren't the the main focus the dialogue i feel is the main focus of this show more than anything that that creates it to be a great production yeah i think i i kind of agree with that because i don't remember any of the songs but i know they made me feel a certain way yes whereas when we went to see the book of mormon for example i remember all of those songs. Yes, definitely. Because they were like um, more hilarious, shall we say? That you know, different, well, they were, different they were kind of obviously songs. different. Yeah, yeah. The songs were very um, powerful and great. What the tech is this? Now, technical details, Richard. What can you tell me? Well, I think it was almost a very stripped bare production where they played a lot with shadows, but natural shadows using light through the set, through the scenery, creating those gobo moments creating those things on stage without actually uh, using a lot of technical equipment at all there was no projections i thought what was good was when they did the whole was it a party scene or something and it was a christmas scene after the after the heart no no, it wasn't that there was a scene where all the lights were just firing in different directions and oh i know what you mean It it was all like lit up and like busy and explosions were going off i think it must have been the build-up to the end of act one yeah i think it was was that when they were 
That wasn't when they were pushing the things around. Mm. That was in the second half. No. Well, actually, what they tended to do was some of the scene changes, some of the moves, some of the things that they did on stage, they actually... It almost felt like a rock concert. Yeah. Because they dropped a lot of lighting rigs in and things in on pulleys that were just almost just trussing with lights hanging off them. Well, exactly. But there wasn't really anything... It wasn't almost overly technical, but it was just moving lights. Yeah. That were, it was almost like a disco, but well, dropped I mean. in. Yeah, they, and ju- was, they just came down and came in, swooped around. But I can't, for the life of me, think what. It was just to add almost power was, but, to the, there was a, yeah. there was one one it was for electricity, which was the the dance scene where it was older Billy performing, and that was yeah. To I show, don't think it was that. No, but then there was the other one where they were where they were moving around the the four box the the four screens. And they increased it with loads of light and stuff yeah. around it. So I think they just used a lot of it was that it's a bit the right scene that you used saw Angry Dance. That's the one that was. Oh, that, maybe then, yeah. Yeah, that was the one where they brought everything in and dropped everything around too. Yeah, just that to one, show then. it still that felt like almost like they dropped scaffolding in and yeah. and everything became. I think this was the simplicity of it. It was all raw. It wasn't. They didn't really hide away from yeah. dropping those lights in and things like that and the poignant bit was when um the miners were going back down and they started they were singing as they were going yeah, down exactly. and the lights shone from underneath yes so you just saw these silhouettes yeah and they all they had was head torches down. you know yeah. and they created the light beams just by head torches and all you heard were them singing under the stage yeah. until the yeah. very end of that song yeah and it was so powerful and i think was that the ending yeah that was the ending yeah so they go yeah. back down yeah. because they go back to Back to the mind, yeah. but I think this this shows the rawness of it that it almost felt unsafe, even with those lighting things being dropped down and moved around and dropped in, and everything just felt a little bit on edge. And yeah. I think that was that was the key to this. You know, everything felt like you like like Stephen says you were leaning forward watching it. It, mm. it. it put you on edge, and I think that's because things were moving. There was fast things. There was this, that, and the other, and then there was calm moments. Then it was it was very much a. They used a lot of they they did it right because I love it when there's natural shadows on stage or yeah. natural light throws because that's real. It's not something that. It's not like projecting a window through a window frame onto the floor using a gobo that just gives you that that light when actually just put a light behind the window to create the same, you know, mm. it, sometimes it's all you need. Now, did anything go wrong? Any technical things go wrong? I don't, I don't... think they did. No, I Because don't. one of the things I tend to watch technically is things like props and stuff yeah. like that when they get put in the wrong place. And, and I mean, you know, another shout out to Billy. I saw him change his shoes that many times. Yeah. It's a wonder he managed to do all the shoe changes he did, but they, you know, yeah. pulled it off. But I think... No, there was nothing. There was nothing. Everything, even the little props. Because I mean, there was a few technical bits where they used. So Tony, there's one scene where Tony gets hit and punched in the face in oh, a yeah. fight scene, and they, from a technical aspect, they they cleverly hid some fake blood in the back of the house mm. for him to pour down his face to come out from looking just to give the impression that he'd been hit and he was bleeding and it was fresh blood and it happened that quick that you didn't even know it was all set up in there so i think that was really clever because they didn't hold back on those bits as well and i think that was important but they kept it back and held it back right to that point so yeah now our new little thing that we're going to add in here rewatch what would you rewatch i don't think we've given it a title yet but what would what scene would you like to revisit 
well i'd like to revisit the angry dance the the yeah the angry dance riot scene which for me was really well choreographed and it was really well made because you've got it sounds very simple but you've got four screens being pushed around but you've got different cast members in different pieces and they were moving around each other climbing up it moving around and there was there was songs going off there was music there was and it was just it was just really clever i just thought for saying there was so little on stage to what they created i thought that was the one i'd like to relive yeah i think i think i'd agree with that as well because i can remember it yeah and i can remember at the time because this you know we're recording yeah, yeah, this yeah. like pretty much what a month later yeah so my memory is a little bit hazy but i remember really being really impressed and really like um i think there's so much going off at once home. that you yeah. have to see it again to see it yeah it was just one of them it was just so alive and so thrilling that yeah i'd definitely see that that little clip again or probably the one where um He's having a bit of a thing about in the change, not not changing rooms in the. Yeah, it was with the the other kid, his best friend. Oh yeah, that scene in, were, in front of the lockers. Yeah, and they were putting on the dress yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was quite fun. That was great. Cute, but not cute in a weird way. Weird way. No. So scores on the doors, then, please, Richard, for Billy Elliot, with ten being a professional ballet Elliot and one being shafted on the picket line. What's it gonna be? I'm going to give it a ten out of ten, simply because. This was just fantastic. But you've got something to compare it to, you see. I haven't. But I remember leaving Leicestershire Curve just feeling gobsmacked and I was just like chops in all the way home, chops in outside. Just This was the best musical I'd ever seen until the last one I saw. 10 out of 10 for me. I mean, to be honest, it's a 10 out of 10 from me because, to be fair, it felt equally as good as the one I saw in London and that was a different production. And if I can give it a 10 out of 10 again, I will because it's not based on seeing the other one. The other one was different in different staging. But equally, this had the rawness and the performance that I wasn't expecting in a way. So, yeah, 10 out of 10. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck? Tumbleweed, an audible shrug of the shoulders, uh-huh. a slow clap, a pleasant applause, or a standing ovation. What will it be? Well, it can only be a standing ovation, and a very well-deserved one, because there was a lot of hard work going into this. Standing ovation for me too. And I've seen it once, and I will see it again. But when... Is going when to be the question. and where and how, I don't know. Although, I think I'd probably say, like Blood Brothers, not so soon. Yes, exactly. Totally agree on yeah. that one. It's a different kind of uh, yes. a wanting to see it again. Yeah, and who knows, it might get a revival. So if it does, keep an eye out and go and see it. Absolutely. So there we are. That's our discussion of Billy Elliot. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing The Clothes They Stood Up In, Shawshank Redemption, and Jekyll and Hyde. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.